You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by Jack Wright, the Jack Wright. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing really well. How are you? I went out for a run. It was really nice outside. Absolutely gorgeous. This is one of those times where I think it is probably the most beautiful, like one of the most beautiful places in the country. Chicagoland, the weather is absolutely perfect. The leaves are all changing. It is gorgeous out there, dude. It really is. Did you have a pumpkin spice latte? Did you go on a hay rack ride or get some cider? I don't like the pumpkin spice except for, and I think you guys will appreciate this, the pumpkin spice Oreos. They're really good. So never tried them. Oh, Sheldon, don't make that face. If you want to follow Jack Wright on Twitter, you can get him at Bear Down Jack. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the Fan Sided Network, or you can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Shells, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you tonight? You know what, dude? I'm in a very, very good mood. And somebody out there tweeted, like, Bears fans are in a better mood about a, a loss than they are about a win against the Texans. I, I am one of those. I, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. So I'm excited to talk football with you boys. Just as a heads up, Logan Bradley and Brennan Chagru can't be here. So it's it's the old boys, right? Because they they're always talking about how they're the youngins. That's right. So, so the old old men are are hanging out here. We'll so Chagru bridge. has one tweet go viral, and he abandons us for greener <laughs> pastures. Is that right? He does indeed. Man, oh man. All right, folks. I have a huge favor to ask. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, we have a new analytics system and we're trying to figure out exactly where our numbers are at, what's going on, how many people are listening. And one of the best ways for us to tell is if you listen to this episode from all the way from the beginning to the very, very end. Hey, we understand, you know, sometimes you're listening to your car, you're like, ah, you know, there's only a couple of minutes left. I'm going to turn it off. We totally get it. But we're asking if you would listen to this episode all the way to the end, even if you're going to mute us at the very, very end, we're okay with that for this particular episode. We want you to listen. We got good content, um, but we understand if you could please try to let it play all the way to the end, just to help us out, see if we if the numbers are where we think they are at. You're not going to want to mute the end because there is a question at the end. You're not going to want to miss. That's what Ooh. we call a tease. That's a tease Ooh. in the business. Ooh, I like that. Jack Wright gets nude at the end too. It's true. I'm not even wearing <laughs> pants right now. So oh boy. Oh I think boy. that will make people listen all the way till the end, I hope. Oh yeah. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with seven barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, so no Brendan, no Brendan's breakdown, but Sheldon and Jack Wright are going to tag team this one together. They are going to Sheldon, I don't know if you know this, but I've I've already set you up like three times during this episode. I'm I'm trying to see where this goes. Uh so him and Jack are gonna gonna do their best together to tell you how the game went without breaking it down Brennan style, because there's no way we can even try to replicate the, the, the things that he does. But we want to hear this game was a tale of two halves. Boys, break it down for us. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, and I just want to know for the record, I am trying to be an adult and uh, don't think for one second that I didn't hear those setups, the, the softballs right down the middle of the plate, and I let them go. And I hope I get some credit for that. 
Uh, I'm trying to mature as a podcast host, but yeah, no, it was a tale of two halves. Uh, unfortunately, it, it seems like it's been a trend to start the season that the bears get off to a sluggish, slow start uh, to start the game. And today was no exception. It, it appeared at the beginning that the Vikings were going to have their way uh, with our bears. Uh, they scored a touchdown on their first three drives. Their first drive uh, consumed over six and a half minutes and went 12 plays and 86 yards uh, they just picked their way down the field. Cousins started 17 of 17, I believe. Uh, again, as I said, they scored a touchdown on their first three drives. The first two alone ate up uh, almost an entire quarter. Uh, and, and it looked like the Bears were absolutely going to get throttled. Um, but as we've seen throughout the year, this coaching staff, it, one of the things that they do well is making adjustments at the half. And they did that again. Uh, and the Bears came out a completely different team. Um, and, and I think probably in part because I tweeted out that they're getting almost unwatchable. And I think they took that as a challenge and just wanted to see me squirm on Twitter <laughs> uh, to eat my words. And that's exactly what they what I did and what they did. And they, they turned it around the second half. Uh, unfortunately, um, it was too little too late. They fell a little bit short. We all know what happened with Amir Smith-Marset at the end of the game, unfortunately. Uh, but there were a lot of positive signs in the second half. I would say overall, the theme of this game for me as a fan, as a viewer, was conflicted. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about that as, as the podcast goes on. A whole host of emotions were being felt by this guy uh, throughout the game. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to but I think there are a lot of positives to take away from the game. What do you think, Jack? I think you nailed it. I mean, the, the Bears do love to break our hearts. And when the Bears had the ball with a little over two minutes and down by seven, it was set up for what could have been an exciting game-winning drive. Uh, and so I was super disappointed to watch um, you know, the Bears wide receiver not get out of bounds, simply get out of bounds uh, in Minnesota, strip the ball from him and end the game in that way. So it, you, you hit it. It's it's conflicted. It's it's because it started so terribly. And then I think as we're going to talk about, there's hope. There's some hope. You feel for Justin Fields, right? That this is at least the third game I count where he probably should have been, uh, this should have been kind of his marquee moment, right? You had the Steelers game, uh, the 49ers game, and now this game where you almost feel like, okay, here his here is his signature Bears moment. This is going to be it. And then something happens that outside of his control that kind of lets him down, whether it's the defense or, or in today's case, a turnover. Smith Marset, I want to talk about it. I, I'm sorry if I'm stealing someone's outhouse or penthouse. I, I don't care. Um, I'm not. I wasn't as mad as everybody else was in the moment. I was disappointed for sure, but not because of him, but because I wanted to see exactly what you're talking about, Sheldon. Give Justin Fields an opportunity. Is he the guy that will lead us all the way down the field? And that was taken away from him. Um, I, I Here's a bottom of a roster guy. I mean, you know, Minnesota said, see you later. We, we don't care about you. And the Bears picked him up. He, he, we, we're, we shouldn't expect him to be, you know, the game-winning receiver. He's trying to make a play against his old team. I think... I think, I hope that this kid is going to bounce back in a good way. He He's shown that he, he's he got good speed. He can make some some good plays for you. The, the block in the back, that was, it was a terrible call. And so I just, I'm sitting here in this position going, if it wasn't for that terrible block in the back, and if if he goes out of bounds, Smith-Marset goes out of bounds, I mean, the Bears pull off probably one of the best comebacks of their I don't know, the last 10 years. Yeah, it, it was funny. I think they were saying on the broadcast that the last time the Bears had come back from 18 points down, I don't know if I heard it right. So apologies. Uh, I had a couple screaming kids in the background, but it sounded like they said the last time the Bears came back from an 18 point deficit was the game in, in Arizona under Lovey. And uh, I just kept thinking, like, I was having thoughts last week, like, did the Bears hire another Lovey? And I said, oh, my gosh, is history just going to repeat? Is time truly a flat circle and history is going to repeat itself again? But, yeah, we fell short today, uh, unfortunately. 
boys, let's get some overall thoughts on the game that haven't been mentioned already. Uh, just anything that that you know you're, you've you've kind of been thinking about since the game has been over, or anything along those lines. Uh, maybe how you saw it playing out, your your angry tweets versus your happy tweets, whatever it might be. For this one, let's go, Jack Sheldon, and I will finish it up. As we were talking about briefly before the show, Ryan, I, I do think that there's no denying how miserable they were coming out of the gate. I mean, to, to not have the appropriate personnel in on your very first play from scrimmage was the beginning of a very long and pathetic and bad, bad football half. And, you know, I, I, we t- talked a little bit about, I mean, I, you can you can think that thought and still, be, there was a lot of people ready to turn that game off. Let's be just, just blunt. Briefly, I'll just say philosophically, I've decided that if I'm going to watch these games and be here for this rebuild, then I'm going to do it almost like as a casual observer, because to get so super fired up and the high highs and the low lows and to be super pissed about it, I'm not choosing to do that because otherwise I'll do something else with my time. So I kind of tried to just almost smile and laugh sometimes like, yep, this is this is what we expect a little bit. Everybody's talking about it, growing pains, like trying to watch your toddler toddle for the first time. They fall and you laugh. I mean, they, I don't know, maybe that's re- like a little ridiculous, but I refuse to be miserable about the Bears. I just, I, how, how are we going to get through this full season and this rebuild unless we try to be patient with the rebuild? Yeah, I said it, I teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, I was very conflicted today. And and boy, this is like a roller coaster of emotions. If ever there was a game <laughs> that that embodied a roller coaster of emotions, it was this one. And I say conflicted because I don't know how to feel coming out of this game. Um, I'll admit, I feel I think I feel better after this loss than I felt about the two wins, with maybe the exception of the 49ers game. But again, with the monsoon, I was kind of in a wait and see mode, but I honestly feel like I feel the best after this loss. But with that said, there were plenty of things during the game that made me think like, what are we doing? And made me frustrated to say like, if we were, why didn't we start out the game this aggressive, the second half and what we saw at Justin Fields is what I, and I think you guys have been saying all season is look at trying to win games and letting Justin Fields develop are not mutually exclusive goals. We can do both at the same time. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We're a professional organization. And so to see them come out and do those things in the second half, it left me feeling kind of regretful that they could have been doing this the last two or three games. And had they done this in the Giants game, they probably would have won that game. Had they done this to start the game and not fallen down as badly as they did against the Vikings, they probably would have won this game. And now we're talking about a Bears team that might be four and one to start the season. And we've got Justin Fields in a rhythm and with momentum and progressing every week. And we're feeling a lot differently today than I think we are. And so uh, I, I don't know if it's kind of fool's gold at this point. I don't know if 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 they saw that second half and the light went on for the coaching staff and they went, Oh, okay. He can handle this. These are the types of rhythm throws that we need uh, to, to give him. This is the type of offense we need to run. These are the types of things we need to do. And I say that because just when I thought they were, they were kind of, you know, pedal to the metal uh, they had a, a play towards the end right before they kicked the field goal, it was third and three and they decided to run the ball again. Fields is in a rhythm. He's he's cooking. Everything's going well, and 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 things are flowing. The offense is looking great and crisp. And then we kind of just kind of muck it up with a third and three run uh, to kick the field goal. And I and I tweeted, you know, that Eberflus kind of went back to his conservative tendencies. And I think when when the pressure is applied, people kind of revert back to who they are fundamentally. And I think that's who he is fundamentally. And I just hope that whether it's Getze or him evolving as a coach, he comes out of that a little bit uh, because I thought third and three at that moment was a time to put the, the ball in field's hands and see if he can roll out and pick up the first down. If not, you still kick the field goal, but instead of being up a point, you know, you take a little bit more time off the clock and maybe, you know, you're still up a point or you're up, um, nearly a touchdown. So I don't know how to feel about this game, admittedly, because there was too much uh, uncertainty throughout it to, to, until I see them start to stack these kinds of games and these kinds of decisions. 
but uh, I'll say all in all, I think I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week. Justin Fields missed one throw in the entire second half. So now, Shells, I want to come right back to you with this question before I, I give my overall thoughts on the game. Did Getze unleash Justin Fields a little bit because they were down 21 to three or because Justin Fields got hot? What do you think it was? Yeah. And again, that goes back to my feeling of conflict. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the light bulb went off for them. I don't know if, if this was their plan throughout, if this was them saying, like they've been saying, they're going to kind of um, bring him along slowly. Are they just kind of naturally getting to the point where they think he can handle more? Was it sheer luck? Did Was it, as you say, they were just down and out of necessity. They were like, let's just throw the ball. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily care how they got there. I just want them to stay there now that they've seen it. I don't want them to revert back and go back to making him a game manager, throwing the ball nine times a game. This is a team that is deficient of talent. It's so funny, right? That word, I tweeted it, and then I was looking through some of your tweets, Sheldon, and you also use that word, deficient of talent, deficiency. Like, they just don't have it, especially the defensive line, linebacker, and and receiving core. They just, they don't have the ponies, and... I I think the thing that I'm walking away with is some ridiculous optimism, which I haven't been. If you if I'm watching that first half, you made Kirk Cousins not only look like a serviceable quarterback, but like a good quarterback. That in and of itself is egregious. He's not a good quarterback. And finally, Kendall Vildor gets the interception, makes him look like the Kirk Cousins that we all know and love. Um, but you know, I just thinking if this team can get an injection of talent, man, it, it could be something fun to watch. Again, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Brennan on this one. It reminds me today, just today, not the first couple games of Lovey Smith's first season. All of a sudden you started to see things swing a little bit like, huh, this team could be something, but I need to see more of this. If it goes back to the last few weeks, then I'm going to be banging my head against a wall. But if it's like today, this was fun. I can take if they lose all the rest of the games this season, but they let Justin Fields throw the ball and we can find out for sure that this is the guy lose them all. Don't care at all. I want to see Justin Fields throw. And if he looks like he did today, I am a very happy bears fan. 1000%. I could not agree more. And I think we all knew this team was deficient of talent going into it, but we wanted to see what we saw this afternoon, in the second half. And I think fans were starting to lose patience, right? If you're, if you're playing the way you're playing and you're winning games, great, but they weren't. So they were playing conservatively. They're losing games. Their offense looks terrible. At least today we lost the game, but like you said, uh, Ryan, there's some reason to be optimistic and, and I hope they continue this trend. Boys, it's time to get to the outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area? Are you even just like thinking about what would it be like if I put my house on the market? If you are, reach out to our guy, Jeff. He is incredible. He's fantastic. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to find a better guy. You know, there are a lot of realtors out there that are looking just for a big paycheck. This is not Jeff. He wants to put you in the right house. I'm telling you from personal experience, my wife and I bought a house from Jeff. We sold our condo with Jeff and we couldn't have been happier with the whole process. Give him a call. Give him a text, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com today. Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. All right, boys, This I, we're going to go outhouse penthouse because the Bears lost, but again, I, you know... Yeah, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm smiling. I'm smiling after a loss, which I just didn't think was possible. I'm, I'm having a good time doing it. All right. So for the outhouse, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. You know, I I'm, I'm sitting here and I know that one of our, our very loyal listeners and a, a great follow uh, frozen warrior tweeted out this week, uh, a challenge to not mention this individual. And, uh, I can't help it. I can't. You wait. The center that must not be named. That's you can refer to him that way. Yeah. Um, 
can we call him shit stay mcgee uh <laughs> is that yeah do we we all know who i'm talking about right uh, the I, center that not be named the, the center that center shall not be named yes on, the, on uh, this chicago bears football team I tweeted it out. I think it was Grody who who um, I first saw a tweet that he was that this individual was going to be starting at center for the Chicago Bears today. And I immediately tweeted out the decision to continue to start him is indefensible. And uh, I was opening my words. This was one where I, I unfortunately did not have to. Uh, Mustafer was terrible. He was absolutely atrocious. Again, he got eaten up inside. For the one millionth time in a row, he crapped down his leg on a snap. Like he just can't snap the football, which is kind of a fundamental skill needed by a center in a football game. Okay, like it 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 would be like saying uh, you know a pitcher is is great except for the fact that he can't throw. Um, it is like an indispensable skill to that position, and he just can't do it. And I, I don't understand it. I, you know, like I, the jokes going around about him having some salacious photos on the coaching staff are, after a while, you're like, well, shit, maybe he well, does. Maybe. Because what other reason is there to keep this guy in that position there? He is literally playing some of the worst football of anybody in the entire league at any position. And he's still starting for the Chicago bears. So what is going on? I, I, if I had any hair left, guys, I'd pull it out. I'm starting to rip my my beard out because I just can't fathom what goes into the decision every week to say this guy right here needs to be the starting center for our team. It, it, it you know, protecting Justin Fields. It makes no sense. Have the beat reporters asked? Has there been an answer? I, I don't remember who it was, but it was one of them. And I'll try to find the tweet at some point. But he said, there's got to be someone on a practice squad somewhere else in the league and 31 other teams that's better than this kid. That's 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 that's, that's a statement. Some of your, uh, I guess your analogies, Shells, made me think of when I was, when I would coach running backs uh, ball protection, one of the things I would jokingly say to them is, hey, listen, when you cross the end zone, like the goal line, you're going to want to have the ball in your hands. So you're going to want to protect it. You know, like so similarly, like with the center, hey, you're going to need to be able to snap that to the quarterback. Seems like football one-on-one. <laughs> kind of a big one. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so in my outhouse is going to be, I'm going to take a page, I think, from your book, Shells. First half, Flus. I just think uh, all three phases of the game were poor. Uh, maybe I will give him like kick coverage. That's about it. I think otherwise, I mean, it was just a masterclass of, of efficiency and scheme and offensive execution on the side, you know, by Minnesota. They were phenomenally good in every way, and our defense was on its heels. We couldn't get anything going offensively, and most of our return game was, you know, it was pretty poor. So, uh, sorry if this is, maybe this might be like over the line here. Ryan, you can cut it if you want. Uh, I remember once in high school, we were getting trounced in, uh, well, I'll just call him Coach Joe. Coach Joe came in the locker room just screaming at us, just yelling at us. And I'll never forget this. He said, why don't you all lift up your junk and see if you have any balls under there? That's what he said to us. And I wonder if Coach Joe was in the locker room at halftime and said something to Floose because all of a sudden, inspired football, onside kick, we come roaring back from, what was it, 18 down? And it just seemed like a completely different second half flus. Well, I'm going to stick with your theme, Jack, and I'm going to stick with this coaching staff. Alan Williams. First half, Alan Williams. And I need to make that very, very distinct. This defense gave up their first second half touchdown of the entire season. But this dude, first half, he's bad. Where, what's your game plan, man? I don't understand like how you come in. You are phenomenal, like next level at making halftime adjustments. But if you, I don't know, made a game plan for the week, maybe you don't find yourself behind to Daniel Jones. Maybe you don't find yourself behind to Kirk freaking cousins. And so I just, I want to see a significantly better game plan because this dude is so freaking good at making halftime adjustments, but just can't 
make a regular game plan. It just, it, it, it boggles the mind and I don't understand it. Gentlemen, really, really quick. Either of you have honorable mentions because there's only three of us. I'm wondering if there's anybody else that you want to put out in the outhouse. Dante Pettis. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. That guy, I, I don't want to hear elite talk anymore about Roquan Smith. He's hot. He's cold. Like what, what, which one are you going to be last week? He was fantastic this week. Like he couldn't buy a tackle. It was terrible. And stink of course, at the beginning of the game said that guy, he doesn't miss a tackle. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh, <laughs> ole, ole. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. All right, boys, it's time to go to the penthouse and for penthouse, let's go Jack Patrick. And I will finish it up. I'm going to put one of your favorite players in the penthouse. Hardy, uh, Kyler Gordon, uh, Kyler Gordon. Uh, sorry, sorry, shells. He was uh, he was second in tackles. Uh, he was tied with Morrow for ten, and he blocked a field goal. And I, I really do agree with with shells on this one. Just just trying to scrutinize a kid who's straight out of college, who missed most of training camp. He he has been bad, Ryan. You are right. He has been bad. But I don't think he's going to stay bad. I, I, I do think he shows a great deal of resilience. He, there's a guy who could truly have gotten his dauber down and just been like, boy, I suck. But he he's just, he keeps coming. I love it. I, I have to say this. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings were picking on Jalen Jones through most of that game. They were not picking on Kyler Gordon. And if you didn't pick him, I was going to pick him. And I was going to say that very much is I have been hypercritical of him because he has played terribly, but he showed a lot today and he very much deserves to be in the penthouse. Jack agree with that one. Good call. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with a repeat um, penthouse for me. And uh, I don't know if it's part of, it's like the, the, the Italian Catholic guilt that I've been hard on this guy for so long and uh, and he's starting to play well, and so I want to give him his flowers. But Kendall Vildor, again, um, another good game, came up with a huge interception. I, I you know, if, if there's a poster child for not giving up on players too early and for this team, it may be Kendall Vildor. Uh, he's been playing remarkably better this year than he has in years past, uh, and it, it's great to see. I'm happy for him. Um, you know, just, I don't know what happens when Johnson comes back, but it's never a bad thing to have a, a depth of defensive backs in this defense, especially when they're in nickel so often. Uh, so great game by Kendall Vildor and, uh, keep it up, bud. You're, you're, you're playing your mind out and I love it. I have a special relationship with Kendall Vildor because when he got drafted, I retweeted, uh, you know, the video of him, like with his family celebrating and just said, I I love watching people live out their dreams. And he liked it and he retweeted it. And I just, I'm so thrilled for that one, Sheldon. I I, I couldn't be more excited with, with that pick. I mean, honestly, you gotta start to think like Jalen Johnson on one side, Kendall Vildor on the other, and then Kyler Gordon in the slot. The strength of this defense right now is is the secondary, which yeah. I, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. It's cool seeing good good things happen to good people. And Kendall Vildor seems like a good person. And uh, and so that's awesome to see. Well, boys, thank you for setting me up really, really well. This is this is a slam dunk. This is so, so easy. This is Justin Fields, the much maligned quarterback for the Chicago Bears balled out it was so much fun to watch justin fields was 15 for 21 208 yards one touchdown zero interceptions for a quarterback rating of 118 oh by the way he also had eight rushes for 47 yards and that should have been what over a hundred because that stupid stupid block in the back call which wasn't a block in the back that was a play that made you just sit in your chair and go Wow. It's it's not the Patrick Mahomes, you know, no look pass, but it's pretty damn close. I, I, I'll say it's if we see plays like that on a regular basis, I don't care if again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't care if this team loses every game. I loved watching Justin Fields play quarterback today, and I want to see more of this, please. I'm not slighting him as a quarterback by saying this, but there are times when he pulls it down and runs. He's the best running back on the team. He's the most elusive. He's the fastest. I mean, makes people miss. It's fun to watch. That that run was incredible. It was. 
he looked we've talked about this every week till now how uncomfortable he's looked he looked comfortable today didn't he guys he looked comfortable and uh, going back to a a friend of the pod mark grody uh tweeted this out and i agree with him grody said this is the most important thing justin fields has said to date and i completely agree field said i'm just trying to stay calm I think when I first got here, you see big guys flying around, D Lyman going fast, and you think you have to speed everything up. But I'm just starting to figure out uh, you have to play within your own rhythm, the way you know how to play and just stay in the pocket. And it looked like he played that way today. So it was good to see him look a lot more comfortable out there. Boys, any honorable mentions? Again, there's only three of us. I think there's a lot of other good that, that we saw. Yeah, Santos, three, three for three with a 51-yarder. He was very good today. Well, especially coming back after whatever family ordeal it was that caused him to miss a game last week. Yeah, he yes. was stellar. And also Monty, who didn't really run the ball very well, but had four targets and caught them all for 62 yards. That was a pretty significant and maybe, um, you know, maybe went under the radar a little bit with the offensive productivity that we had when we had it. I like Carlos Santos. That was my that was my John Fox, Carlos Santos. Oh, okay. All right. I, so well, Shakur's not here. I had to throw in some like terrible impression. Yeah, well, uh, you nailed it. You yeah. nailed a terrible impression. Hey, <laughs> Shells, any honorable mentions? How about you? Any honorable no, mentions? I'll, 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 I'll echo Santos. I tweeted it out. Guys, I get like anxiety every time I see them flash up on the screen. The field goal is 43 <laughs> yards. And I just like start like going, oh, and uh, so he's slowly but surely uh, helping me through that angst. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo the Carlos Santos. And I, I won't. I won't do the impression. Sorry, guys. Uh, I got two, uh, and they're very specific. The Darnell Mooney one-headed catch. I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. Wow, that, that was that was incredible. Catch. And then Cole Komet after he catches the ball, which I, I tweeted out when in a big you know when he catches the ball because it doesn't happen super often he's a battering ram watching him plow over defenders is a lot of fun so i i do love that i do have one i'll throw in velas jones first nfl touchdown good for you man um good for you and travis gibson started to show up a little bit today he had uh, a pass deflection and a quarterback hit and um uh, a couple tackles for loss all right, boys, anything that you missed before we get to a ridiculously good list of true-false? Shells, Jack, and I'll finish it up. Anything we missed, boys? There was one instance where the Vikings were bringing a pretty heavy pass rush, and Fields recognized it and hit a hot route. And I'm looking for specific ways in which Fields is developing, and he handled that with great composure. He caught the ball and didn't hesitate and threw it, I believe, to commit. Uh, all in one motion. And those are the types of plays that we want to start seeing from him if we're going to talk about him developing as a professional quarterback. It was a great play. It was a small play, but it was a great play. And it got a first, uh, got us a first down. Yeah, just the juxtaposition of the, the tale of two halves, right? Like you go from uh, a third, I think it was third and eight from the Vikings nine-yard line. And I think we tweeted about it on the group chat. Uh, Flus runs the ball and they kick the field goal before the half. And you compare that play to what he allowed Fields to do in the second half, and it was just it was just night and day. I, I don't think the importance of that can be um, oversold. Again, they need to keep doing it, but they may have found something this week. I just want to talk about the second half adjustments specific to Justin Jefferson. He was on pace to have 300 yards receiving, which which we talked about last week, that it was absolutely a possibility. And it looked like early on that that was going to be the case. He still had 12 receptions for 154 yards, which isn't good. But the vast majority, 10 of those catches came in the first half and the second half adjustments kind of took away Justin Jefferson. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Alan Williams, I cannot sing your praises enough in the second half. All right, boys. It is time to get to some really good true-false yet again this week. I think we might have to make this a regular thing, getting true-false from our listeners, our fantastic uh, listeners. And so for this one, I promised him that I wouldn't miss him like I did the week before. So Jonathan Ahan, good friend of the pod, 
True or false, boys, Luke Getze learned he can trust Fields more, and the offense moving forward will resemble the second half more than the first. Let's go Jack, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Please, true, please. Coach Getze, please, true. I, th- I hope. I mean, although I will say, as we've mentioned before, that it's not a constant upward arc of improvement, and we will probably see some things that are going to tick us off again and some conservative calls that frustrate the bejesus out of us again. But I'm going to go true out of the hopefulness. I'm going to speak it into existence, Jonathan Ahand. Yeah, this might disappoint folks, but I'm going to say false um, because I'm, I'm sort of uh, in show me mode. And we've seen, what, 14 quarters of <laughs> different play calling from, from the staff and only two quarters where I feel like uh, they've they've shown some level of trust in fields. You know, granted, the second half is what I've wanted to see all season. So I'm incredibly stoked that we finally got to see it. But until I see it on a regular basis, um, I'm going to say false and and think it's an aberration. Again, I want to see more, but I, I need to see it before I commit to the staff and learning from uh, the previous four games. I'm going to say true for next week because the Washington commanders are coming into town. Bears are on short rest, but I get the feeling that the game plan will stay somewhat similar against a Washington defense that hasn't been spectacular. Uh, It will be interesting to see. Hopefully they give Justin Fields a chance in those hideous orange on orange uniforms that are coming in this week. All right, boys, this one is from our good friend, frozen warrior who just, Shout outs, shout outs on shout outs for Frozen Warrior. Uh, Matt Eberflus showing some increased understanding of what all of us Bears fans want to see from our beloved. True or false? Let's go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, and I'll finish it up. I'll say true. I think, you know, we saw a lot from a number of different players. We talked about Kyler Gordon bouncing back. We talked about Justin Fields uh, bouncing back. Um, Flus and Getze, same thing. Second half. I, I think this is what the fans have wanted to see all year. I think even the fans that, that knew, uh, this was going to be a really tough year and a bumpy year, uh, still had hope and optimism because they were hoping to see, uh, what we saw in the second half for the whole year. And I think fans could live with a terrible record if they play like they did in the second half. And again, we still have some hope and some confidence, Uh, And an understanding, frankly, of what Fields is. And I think until the second half this week, tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but I was sort of, um, I I texted you guys the other day, sort of apathetic already about the season because I felt like we were going to end up with a terrible record and still have no idea who Justin Fields is as a quarterback at the end of the season based on how things were, were going through the first four games. The second half today, I got the sense that that may start to change. So yeah, I think they gave the fans, at least most fans, what they wanted this week. And uh, it was, uh, it was refreshing to see. True. And I'm going to base it on my Twitter timeline, I guess. I mean, it just looked like most of the tweets that I saw were folks that while they were pretty frustrated with the way that the game ended and very frustrated with the first half and how incredibly impotent we looked, they saw progress and they saw growth they saw a coach who was willing to take some risks. Hey, Bears country, let's ride. Like, I think that's what, is that what he, <laughs> that's what he said, I think. <laughs> quote, a direct quote. So, How true. big of a bullet did we dodge on that oh, one? That, jeez. Dude, wow. dude's tanking. Like, yeah. bad. 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 Could you imagine? No. 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 <laughs> so, apparently, uh, the guy out there in Seattle knew what he was talking about. Uh Right. I mean, Carol, I mean, he, he made a good decision. Did he say he didn't want Justin? I mean, we can't know this for sure, but he didn't want Justin Fields. If that's the case, then, then he looks dumb, but getting rid of Russell Wilson, he looks smart. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I would say this is, this is true, right? We're starting to see it with all of these guys, you know, the, the Roquan one, you know, I know we're talking about Matty Eberflus, but I'm just thinking, you know, like all, all holistically throughout this whole team. The Roquan one is is frustrating because we we want to see 
him play at a more consistent level, which I, he played way more consistent. I know Jack, going back to your point, it's not always going to be an upward trajectory that, that there's going to be some growing pains and him learning a new position uh, could be some of those growing pains, but tackling is his thing. And he hasn't done it really, really well. Um, I, I agree with you guys so much. Matt Eberflus showing some, some cojones. Uh, I loved absolutely loved that that onside kick call your offense has all the momentum and your defense hasn't stopped much at all go why why not see what happens caught him off guard it was i think it was a really really good call and it was very uncharacteristic of matt eberflus so far so yeah i'm gonna say true all right boys i really like this one a lot this is from our guy chad beasley chad says uh true or false Simply allowing the same five guys, which does include that center not to be named, to stay in on the offensive line all game made the pass pro better. Let's go Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon. I'll finish it up. True. And I think it proved itself as the game progressed. I thought there was more of a pocket and there was more time. And I thought Fields stayed in the pocket until he had to flush and until he had to run. I believe he was only sacked twice. That's 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 a good number. And in fact I think just generally speaking, the sacks have been have been down in the last two games. And I could be wrong on that statistically. But um yeah, allowing only two sacks uh in a in a clean pocket and more throwing lanes for fields clearly and you know more passes and more receptions. It's all good. Uh, I'm going to say false. So I'll, I'll, I'll concede that it made the five on the field better, but I don't think it's better than what they could have if they sub somebody out for the center who's not to be named. Um, there were, I agree, there were only two sacks, but there were at least two, I'm thinking of two plays, maybe more, where because Justin Fields is like superhuman, uh, <laughs> avoided. I mean, the screen where I think it was Borm that got absolutely blown up and Fields was able to escape and, and scramble for a first down. There was one other on a, on a rollout, I think, where, um, you know, one of the same deals where he kind of boots and there's an end waiting for him right there. Uh, and he avoided the sack. But I think the sack numbers would be a lot higher if it was not for the superhuman athletic ability of Justin Fields. And so while I'd, I'll concede that this group of five, got better as the game went on. I, I, I just, I can't get on board with the idea that they would not be better with somebody else playing center. I, I want to say true for this game because they did play better in the second half, but I agree with you, Patrick Sheldon, it is false in terms of long-term. You cannot look at Sam Mustafer and think that this dude belongs on an NFL starting roster. Maybe as a backup center. Okay, Sure. Why, why not? But I, this dude is not a starter in the NFL and it's time to put him on the bench. Gentlemen, this might be, we've got a, we've got a couple left here, but this one might be my favorite of the bunch. This is from uh, the 407th Adam. Sure. False. The bears currently have five or more pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs on their roster that will still be on the team next year. Let's go. Shells, Jack, and me. Yeah, I think that's an absolute true statement. So we're talking five pass catchers will be on the team. I mean, I think Herbert and Montgomery are probably going to be here next year. I think uh, Vilas Jones is here next year, obviously. Darnell Mooney's here, obviously. That's four. I-, I think Komet's here in some capacity. I don't know if he's got the kind of role he has this year. I think um, I think his role may be diminished going forward, honestly, but I think he'll probably be back. And then, um, you know, there's always, a, a, you know, you got Harry, uh, you have Pringle, who they may bring back. I mean, I, I, it's too early to say if any of those guys, those other guys, Equinemi St. Brown are going to flash. But I think you got four solid um, returnees next year. And then the likelihood that one of the other guys is going to return is probably pretty pretty high so i'll say i'll say true they'll get five false i'll give you i'll give you monty and mooney and comet i think you're i don't know i think you're kind of cheating with herbert i mean yeah yeah i guess but i guess more so i think false 
because we're going to see an influx of of guys who are better pass catchers who will take the place of some of those guys that you just mentioned who may or may not show up this year. We've seen plenty of wide receivers come through town here and not really in any way, shape, or form become part of the landscape and move on. I think some of those names, the you know uh, the Pettises and maybe the St. Browns and, 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 and some of the others, I think they're going to go by the wayside because there's going to be players that are far superior to them and will take their place. Well, you bring up a good point. Like you take away the running backs and it's an absolute false for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, th- this is, this is heavily weighted in favor of running backs. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we start to look at things with beard colored glasses and are any of these guys starters on other teams? I don't, you know, David Montgomery absolutely is, is Darnell Mooney. I mean, I know we've got a con back on this. Like, I I think he's he's probably the number two receiver for another team. uh, And he's probably racking up quite a few yards. But yeah, I think I'm going to take the false on this one. My hope is that they're going to bring in some better offensive talent. Ryan Poles hasn't shown a proclivity to do that just yet. But I think, I hope that he will next year. All right, this from our guy, Bruja7, true or false. The Bears offense will score 30 points on thursday let's go jack shells and me first of all can i just say this is like a murderer's row of our greatest followers these are like these are the best we love you dudes false we're not there yet i don't see it i know the former deadskins now commanders are not very good but i i kind of am maybe hearkening back a bit to what what Shell said earlier, like we just we need to see more of it, I think, before we get to 30. 30 is a pretty stinking significant number of points. And I just I don't think we're I don't think we're there. False. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you know, I was I I think I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Jack, though Carson Wentz may be good for 17 of those, and then we only <laughs> have to put up 13. Man, so that, <laughs> that's the only thing giving me pauses. I was like, oh, definitely not. And then I went, no, Carson Wentz. So, yeah, easily. Um, no, I'm going to say no. I agree with you. It, I need to see more. I, I'm, Again, I'm in show me mode on a short week. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it. Though, I'm serious. I think the one thing that could lead to an offensive, quote unquote, explosion is, you know, a few uh, poorly timed turnovers for Carson Wentz and some short fields. And, and this team may be able to, uh, get to 30, but, um, until I see it, I'm going to say false. I, I guess I would add to that too. Well, we did, I thought Shagru made such a great point last week about how we didn't throw into the end zone one time. We we did do that maybe one time today. And so we're still not quite there red zone wise. We don't have like, you know, that whole pedal to the metal juggler type of thing. We're still, we still get a little flustered. We're still not real good on third and anything. So, uh, we're going to have to get good at that to, to score prolific points. I want to play contrarian and I don't actually believe this, but I'm just going to say true because the Washington commanders are a terrible football team, uh, possibly worse than the Chicago bears, which is saying quite a bit. And you know, the last two weeks, is, am I mistaken? They went 22 and 22 back to back weeks. So you know, they're one score away from, from being at, at the 30 point, you know, what, sorry, a touchdown and, and a two point conversion away for back-to-back weeks. And I agree with you, Shells. I think that your point was so well-made. Carson Wentz loves to turn the football over somehow, some way they get an interception. You get another, you know, point out of this or something along those lines. I'm going to say true, even though I, I agree going back to Jack's excellent point, it's not linear. So I don't think so. It- and can I can I maybe circle back to something I said last week? I know it got a lot of uh, a lot of buzz, comparatively speaking. But um, <laughs> here it is: know, all four of you who talked about it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the, the, do you now see what I meant when I said last week that Nagy would have won the game because all we really needed was a more aggressive play caller? And I think we saw that in the second half this week. I agree with you, Dangle. If they if the Bears come out next week as aggressive as they were in the second half. 
There's no reason they shouldn't wipe the floor with the commanders. But if they came out that aggressive against the Giants, they would have dominated the Giants. If they came out that aggressive from the the beginning of the game against the Vikings, they would have beaten the Vikings. That's what's so frustrating to me is that I think there is the potential, as bad as this roster is, there's still a potential there for them to win seven to eight games. Uh, And I just think that the, the game plan has been mismanaged to this point. Last one, boys. From our good friend, Pill, who has been on this podcast before. True or false, the Bears will have a dominant, not putting any other number on it, they're just saying a dominant offense in the next five years. Let's go Shells, Jack, and I'll finish it up. Oh, man. <laughs> a dominant offense in the next five years. So I'm going to I'm gonna put my own criteria around that. I'm going to say dominant offense is top five in the league. Um and I'm going to stick with my show me theme and say false. Like have the bears ever had a top five offense in the league? I'm sure they probably have at some point, but uh, no. Um, Eberflus doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would be in charge of a prolific dominant offense. I think they can have a very good offense. I think they can have an offense that is more than capable of, of winning a lot of games and going deep into the playoffs. I think, they can have a very nice complimentary offense, but um, unless Getsy is the guy like hot shit and, and is the guy uh, I just don't see, I don't see them turning in a, a, an absolutely dominant offense in the next five years, but doesn't mean they can't be very good still. True. Mainly because I want it to happen. And if it doesn't, I might shrivel up and just like, I don't just die. I mentioned on Twitter today that I was like watching the first half and then flipped to the red zone on a, on a commercial and Tom Brady threw an absolute dime like right over the corner and inside the safety to Evans who stretched and caught it at the fingertips. It was, it was a thing of beauty. And then, you know, just to go back to the bears, especially again in that first half, I so I just want it, you guys. I want to see a prolific, high-flying, dominant offense. And I guess if I talk specifics, I think if Fields is the guy, and I think there's a good chance he could be, and you take the cap and you take the draft picks, and I still do think that Poles is headed in the right direction, that I think there is a very good chance we'll have a top five. True. I'm going to say false. I just don't think this organization likes to prioritize the offense even if they do believe that Justin Fields is the guy, are they going to put enough around him to support him in that way? They've never done it before. So I'm going to say false, unfortunately. Though, Pill, I do love where your head's at. And gentlemen, I, I think it, it sure would be fun, wouldn't it? Just to have a so fun. an offense in the first half that isn't just embarrassingly bad, just just awful, atrocious bad. What, what, what would that be like? I don't think it's too, I mean, is it too much to ask either? I just, I don't know. It's it's very difficult. I will say briefly, like being a Sox fan and then heading into this bear season, you know, people talk about patience. It's tough. It's tough to be diehard. It's tough to love your team and to, to go through this and see other teams be so incredibly proficient. It's just, I'm doing the best I can here, Bears fans, but it is, it's hard. It is really hard. I want to see good offense. I love good offense. Yeah, you would think that they would just stumble into a decent offense at some point. Like the the numbers are just luck has to be on our side eventually, right? Like at some point, don't they just have to back into having a decent offense? The Josh McCown years, yeah. year, year. I can't say years, not yeah. plural. It was singular. Yeah. Oh, that's that's where it was, boys. Uh, thank you. I miss Sheldon. I miss Logan. I want to have all of us back together. It's I, it's not that I'm not enjoying the conversation with the old guys, but it just, uh, you know, that in, injection of youth uh, is just one of those that uh, it makes makes this pod go. And I just, I miss those dudes. So if, if you're listening and boys, you better be listening. We miss you and we hope to get you back on this pod real soon. All right. So uh, that's all I got. Jack, what do you got for us this week? I have a question for you that is a reboot of the F Mary kill and go back to that one going back to the well so listen boys you're in you're in bad shape just physically you kind of let yourself go 
hypothetically. You, you, yeah, this is hitting close, too close to home already, Jack. Jeez. In real life, you are both just Adonises. I mean, just ripped Adonises. <laughs> but let's say, hypothetically, you let yourself go a little bit. So on the F, Mary kill, three choices that you have to... Yeah, they're, they're, they're tough choices. They're not things you're going to want to love here. You either have to, one, become an, uh, an endurance marathoner, like an ultra marathoner, or two, you have to become an Ironman, or three, you have to commit yourself to the CrossFit Games. So you would, in any of these situations, not like you're doing like a, you know, an ultra marathon every week or you know, that you're doing the CrossFit, do you know what I'm saying? But you're committing your life to it, right? If it's a Mary, you're committing your life to that particular way of getting yourself back in shape. This might be my least favorite question you've ever asked, (laughs) Jack. I want to throw up for all of these. Yeah. I thought I chose really well because they're supposed to be bad, all three of them. So again, so you can either going to be an Ironman, you can train for the Ironman and actually compete in it. You're going to become an ultra marathoner. That's like 50 miles, 100 miles of, of, of running, or you will train and prepare, do the WOD, workout of the day and all the other crossfitting stuff. Sorry, if you love crossfitting, I'm not trying. Oh, wait, to I can still do my WOD of the day? You can. Which is a plus. Yeah, then I'll, for you. I'll, I'll so do that's that. That's your choice? Okay. I'll do that, yeah. Wait, I'm very I good haven't at chosen that. anybody yet. Hold up, Shells. Um, oh, okay. Or, so, so so those are the three. You got them now. Uh, so we'll go with, so you have to F one, marry one, and kill one. Shells, Ryan, I'll follow it up. How many wads per day do I get? Uh, I believe it's Just called one, the, it's one called wad the workout per day? of the day. Oh, so it's one. I, oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I set you up like Sorry. seven times <laughs> yeah. throughout this one. And then that's the one that you cling to. Okay, sure. Whatever. You know, Whatever. I, 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 I told you I'm trying to be more mature. I didn't say I, I'm at that point yet. So it's not an upward trajectory for you no. either. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. My progression's not linear, much no. like uh, young quarterbacks in the NFL. Man, trying to think of, I'll probably marry the one that will kill me the quickest, and I'm <laughs> I'm debating whether that's the, the ultra marathoner or so the cross. Do any of them anymore ever again? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, I think I think probably I'll I'll marry the ultra marathon just to get it over with and and end things swiftly and quickly and painlessly because I don't know that I would get more than a week into training. Um. I will blank. I think the the um, marathon, the straight marathon, and I'm gonna kill CrossFit because if if you've ever talked to somebody who is into CrossFit, the first thing you want to do is is kill them and everybody else <laughs> around them because they can't stop talking about how much they're into CrossFit. They're like vegans on on the scale of like. We People just you don't we just lost some listeners just now. Just now. I'm so, you know if you're one if you're a CrossFitter or whatever whatever the hell you call yourselves or a vegan, that's great. Just don't tell everybody about it. Stop talking about it. We don't care. Like I I want to watch the game in the bar. I don't want to care. I, I don't want to hear about your like tofu meal. I don't want to hear about your wad. Um, I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. Okay, just go do your things and and great, but leave me out of it. So. Uh, I'll I'll kill CrossFit. All right, and by the way, the, the, the you know the, the Bear Down Chicago podcast supports vegans and CrossFitters. <laughs> Very Just much. Just a vegan. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't make, hate. Make vegan. your choice. Yeah, make make the choice that works for you. Yeah. But yeah, there's also- a great there, there's a great joke, right? Like, do you want to know how you can tell if someone's vegan? They'll bleep and tell you. That's how. That's how you'll know. <laughs> yeah. Is it? It's the joke. It's how do you know, like you uh, a firefighter, a CrossFitter, and a, a vegan walk into a bar? How do you know? Because they all told you, right? <laughs> and, then, yeah. Yeah. and I know I just offended someone else. Pill, I love you. You're oh, a firefighter. Sorry. Yeah, but he. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm a terrible person. Um, this one, I I hate all of these options, partially because like this is a commitment of 
like crazy amounts of time. This is not just like, a, you know, hey, I'm going to go start hitting the gym four or five days a week. This is like, it's a lifestyle change. So I guess I'm going to marry the marathon because I just feel like that would probably put me in the best shape. Maybe. You're, you you would have a lot of chafing. I I would. And I, <laughs> I hate running. So I, I, yeah, I'm like, I really, I just need no one to know. Like, but I also hate swimming and biking. So that, that you know, that is why I'm going to kill the Ironman and I hate this because I agree with you, Shells. I'm going to get F the CrossFit, but I guess there's some of the workouts, like being a former gymnast and someone who does hit the gym on a somewhat regular basis. Like I can still do some of the things that I do, but I don't feel good about any of these. <laughs> I can tell. Your look on your face is of, of complete uh, unpleasant, unpleasant uh, vibe. I will, I'm going to marry the Iron Man. I've done some very small Olympic types of triathlons and, and the variety of workouts is kind of fun and they complement each other really well. You swim a lot. You can run forever. It's kind of cool. Uh, I am going to F CrossFit. I could do it just that one time. I'm okay with it. As you said, Rye, there's enough of a, there's some running and there's some Olympic lifting. And, and I think probably when it's at its best, it's pretty darn supportive from what I can gather. Um, except for when everybody goes out and gets drinks and ends up banging each other, apparently. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then uh, I will absolutely kill the ultra marathon because nobody wants to run for that long. I mean, nobody. I, mean, I was a runner in college and I don't want to run for that long. So, so yeah, thanks for playing guys. Jack, that just, I still, I feel dirty after that one. So, and, and honestly, like I give super props to any ultra marathoner, uh, the, someone who's done an Ironman like that, that's like, that's even the CrossFit games, which I think Logan's brother has done before. Like I major, major props to oh, you. Yes. Just not something that I would like to do in any way, shape or form. All right, boys, it is time to get out of here. Let's give shout outs for shout outs. Let's go Jack Wright. Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Shoutouts, boys. Hey, gentlemen, there's one team that I root for who hasn't lost a single game all season long, and I'm going to steer into it because I need it. I need it in my life. Winning is fun, and fun is winning. The Sycamore Spartans uh, are 7-0. and uh, Two more games, and they run the table uh, and head to the playoffs. They were pretty darn good last year and had a nice run. Uh, some of you know my boys play. Connor's a junior. Uh, Jack is a senior. And so it's really fun. It's exciting to watch them play and win. The boys also attended homecoming this past weekend. Uh, they were just, they were gentlemen. I was proud of them. They were two very lovely girls and had a great time at the dance. And so some things, you know, you just kind of have to lean into and enjoy. And so shout out to the Sycamore Spartans football team and to my two boys, Jack and Connor Wright. I'm going to give a few shout outs. I got four, which is a lot for me this week. Um, but two uh, Twitter followers that that I've enjoyed interacting with um, this week. The first is Sandy Tom from across the pond. He's at Suboptimal Life. Uh, he does not get enough recognition for some of his tweets or hysterical. He had one about his dogs synchronized sleeping recently. I get a kick out of him. I just want to let you know I love your tweets and, and they make me chuckle all the time. Uh, he needs more followers and, um, Elise at AJ Davis, 22, 800. I know we don't agree hundred percent of the time, or maybe even 10% of the time. Uh, but thanks for being respectful in our debates. Uh, and then only because Logan's not here, I'm going to shout out Jose Abreu and say, Hey, if you want to come wear pinstripes for a real organization and, uh, a winner come over to the Yankees next year, I heard that the white Sox don't want you anymore. So um come on over to the yankees we'd love to have you we'll find a role for you don't worry and then my last shout out uh, on a serious note is um to amir smith marset uh if if you are one of the people whose immediate reaction to the game was to take to twitter and say nasty things to that guy or attack him or threaten him or be ugly in any way shame on you um you don't represent what what bears fans represent um, you're, you're immature Linda, a window licking, uh, child. And, and we don't claim you as a fan, that guy, 
under no circumstances did he want that to happen. There's nobody in that stadium or, or in this universe that feels worse about what happened today than Amir Smith-Marset. And I guarantee that every single one of us at one time or another has failed miserably and catastrophically in our job and uh, would be incredibly embarrassed if the entire world was watching and had a means to attack us for how miserably and catastrophically we failed at our job. And we don't have that. And I get it. They're, they're professional athletes and, and that comes with the territory to some degree. Uh, so if you want to be critical of the play, great. But if you want to tweet at him and, and make him feel nasty or tweet nasty things at him, um, you need to look at yourself and, and ask yourself what's going on in your life. Do you feel the need to bring somebody else like that down? So uh, keep your head up. Amir Smith, Marset. we said it earlier, hope there are great things ahead for you on this team for the rest of the season. And uh, that's all I have to say about that topic. Please forgive me, boys. I have so many shout outs, but it's just, it's been, it's been a crazy couple weeks here. Um, and I haven't been able to shout these guys out. Speaking of football teams that are seven and oh, our good friend, Mike Fitzgerald, uh, his York Dukes are seven and oh, they played our good friend, Ryan McHugh's, uh, Hinsdale central. And, you know, they're just undermanned. I guess they were on their third string quarterback was a, a freshman, a freshman in high school, and they were competing for a while. So, so props to them. Uh, it was a fun game to go and watch. Sorry, boys. I left because it was getting late and it was cold and I'm not nearly as tough as I used to be. Mike Gus, man, thank you so much. We've had some great interactions back and forth. You know, we appreciate you. Kiwi bear posted something amazing about our podcast and just listening down in New Zealand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Frozen warrior. Is there anybody else? Like just like, dude, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He he posted that he was excited about this podcast coming out. Man, I can't thank you enough for, for always your phenomenal interactions with us and offering to buy Shell's uh, some whiskey um, or bourbon, sorry. And he's dude, the best. Absolute yeah. best. Uh, just just wonderful. TJ Brooks, same, same thing down the line. Wonderful, wonderful guy. I don't think I've ever, I've never had a bad interaction with TJ. Love that dude. Matt Clapp, who had the the tweet that that I was just super, super excited about, which basically said, Hey, if the Bears keep playing like they did in the second half, I, you know, and they lose, I can I can afford it. He said what I was thinking. And so just appreciate that very, very much. Sorry, boys, got through all of them really quick, and I appreciate it. I know I'm always the guy with way more shout outs than everybody else for all of us at the bear down Chicago podcast. There are so, so, so many places to get your bears content. Every time I turn on the radio now and some of those big name radio guys are now starting to have their own bears podcasts. And we know that you're listening to this podcast. We know that you're listening to this podcast. It means more than any of us can say. It truly, truly means a lot to us that we get to hang out every Sunday night and then you are listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Brendan Chagru, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much. And as always, bear down, Chicago. Chicago.